Welcome back to it. Make sure recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'll we... record. All this for nothing. <laughs> All right. So it looks like we're recording. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Double J Filmcast. I'm your host, Josh, and this is. The Colossus of a Man, Justin. Hello. Um, we had some timing issues last week, so we will be going as fast as we can to go over two weeks worth of news in film and uh, other tangents that we might we can be do it. going off on. All right, so our first topic here. Would you like to start us off here? Uh, sure. Star Wars title confirmed for the Star as Star Wars The Last Jedi. Boom. Boom. Make of that what you will. Yeah, let, let's all... The, the, <laughs> the internet has this habit of looking into things so much. And, like, generally Star Wars titles, they're not vague. They're, they're basically, what you read in the title is what you get out of the movie. So you have A New Hope, Luke Skywalker. Empire Strikes Back was about... Darth Vader striking back. Yeah, uh, Return of the Jedi was about the Jedi returning. It was, um, about, it was about Luke Skywalker becoming the, fir the, the first of the new Jedi. Yeah, Attack of the Clones was obviously about the clones attacking. <laughs> I, it's really just, you, you get... They don't. It, it's not a guessing game. So I mean, when they say the last Jedi, obviously it's about Luke Skywalker. No, but people are freaking out. It's like, is there not gonna be any more Jedi in Star Wars now? Because there's not. It's the last one. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, right here, it. it uh, Mark Hamill himself has in these interviews that took place after the uh, announcement of the title, he's confirmed that Luke Skywalker is in fact the last Jedi, and. It also says in the opening crawl, when the uh, credits are going up the screen before The Force Awakens, it says, Luke Skywalker has vanished. In his absence, the Sinister First Order has risen from the ashes of the Empire and will not rest until Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi, has been destroyed. Well, I guess because after Yoda died, he was the last Jedi, and then Kylo Ren destroyed the new Jedi he was trying to make, and so... And Rey's not a Jedi yet. She's become. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's like... She's almost there. She, she, she did what Luke did in three movies in one like 15 minute segment. So what we're saying basically is if she decided she wanted to be a Jedi that she could kind of like She's like that annoying friend who's just naturally good at things. And I hate that guy. Naturally gifted. Naturally gifted. Yeah. Um, and even director uh, Ryan Johnson has confirmed that you know we will be seeing the beginnings of a new generation of Jedi led by Rey. So I mean this will be the last of the old generation. But Jedi. does that hint that Luke Skywalker is now gonna die in this movie? I, they kind of like that scene with Han Solo. It like, feels like they're gonna kill off an original cast member every movie just yeah, to whittle it down. Yeah, and like I, my big fear is that it's gonna gonna drive old fans away from it. But at the same time, like, can you imagine killing Chewbacca? It's gonna be like having your pet die. Well, that's, it, was, it was on par with Game with the Game of Thrones episode, killing the main character you've had. You kill. You've now killed Han Solo, which has been a staple of Star Wars for. 30 years, and now he's not in it anymore. Yeah. I mean... Well, I, in, in his defense, though, he has been wanting to get written off of Star Wars forever. Like, he he himself, like... In, he, well, I, in an interview, he said he didn't want to get written off of Star Wars, but he thought that the character Han Solo should... His character type should, you know, sacrifice himself or die at some point in a dramatic fashion, is what he said. But, and then asked if uh, if 
Han Solo could be brought back or we will be back. He just was very vague about it when he smiled. So you never know. Uh, it's the movies. Uh, this is true. It's, uh, and they, they, well, the, when he fell down there, something could have caught him, and you know he's not dead. So yeah, Sarlacc. There's a Sarlacc yeah. down there. Yep, yep. It's, it's a nice Sarlacc. He's gonna pull a Boba Fett. He's gonna pull a Boba Fett. But uh, so he said he need to go in a dramatic fashion. He didn't go out in a dramatic fashion. He just got stabbed and fell down. No, but it was. It was a dramatic pit. moment between a father and a son. It was a whiny moment oh, wow. between a father and a son. He didn't like. He didn't <laughs> sacrifice himself for the greater good. Kylo Ren still went out there and cried. And from what I understand, that they're going to explore Kylo Ren's humanity, which hopefully that means that he. I feel like this is going to turn into another Hayden Christensen. I will Just be a little the bit. most powerful Jedi ever. <laughs> That's have. always a fear. But in Hayden Christensen's defense, let me ask you this. I always talk to people about this. Do you think that Star Wars, the episode three, the uh, Revenge of the Sith, do you think that had Hayden Christensen been giving, given a script that was actually good, do you think that he could have made played the part better? You underestimate my Joker. power! I don't think he's a terrible actor. I just think that he was given a really terrible script to work with. I suppose. I think it was had a lot to do with the dialogue. It was really crappy dialogue. The Jedi it, turned against me. They don't wrote you turn it against to me? Have him whine. Like, I, I just... It was. It was it, the whole fight scene between him and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Ewan McGregor was so good. And then it was just Hayden Christensen whining at him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I hate you. I hate you. So... I kind of think it could have been a little bit better, but I think it would have been better with a new, completely different actor. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's kind of... It, it's nothing against Hayden Christensen. He did what he could with what he had, but I'm just saying I, it could have been way better. I like him. I don't I don't think... Like, just the stuff I've seen him in, besides Star Wars, I've, I haven't had a problem with. But he... Uh, Takers? Takers was... Yeah, you know, that's a movie that got just snubbed by everybody. But it, it had its moments. Because it sucked. It was good, yeah. Um, Alright, well next we have new Justice League photos have appeared online. Um, it's really just a group shot. It's a group shot. Some so fog. I mean, let let the speculation begin. Uh, you know, they've been talking to Ben Affleck about his uh, directing Batman and his, what was his movie, Live by, Live by Night? That just came out. He's has been getting like just awful reviews and people keep asking about Batman. You know, obviously, it's like anytime you're in a superhero movie, you, you show up at the premiere yeah, of something that's well, not superhero related, and people are going to ask you about your superhero movies. You also have to remember, he, yeah, this movie might be getting bad reviews, but he's done, he's directed really good movies like The Town and, um, oh, what was the Argo? Argo, uh, there was the, uh, not Gone, was it Gone Girl? Gone Girl. Yeah. Gone Girl, yeah, that was, they were really good movies, so I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. And so it's funny too because I always write about this on my uh, movie reviews that you can find on popculturecosmos.com. Um, there's a lot of going endorsement. Yes, that's a shameless advertise, shameless promotion right there. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff that the critics really like don't like is actually good stuff. Like the critics like things that are not that good. I mean, look at well. I, my my motto is always to do exactly the opposite of what critics like. Because critics always like nothing against these movies; they're just not my style. But like all like the movies that always get like best picture, like uh, Slumdog Millionaire or uh, Ten uh, Twelve Years a Slave, uh, great movies, but just not my style. And they never none of the movies. I think the last movie that I really enjoyed for the best picture was 
the last Lord of the Rings movie. And that I think that just got it because of the sheer popularity. Yeah. Not because they, the critics thought it was a great like, artistic masterpiece. But... Uh, critics have criteria for when they go and see movies. Like, why, why do you think that you never see like sci-fi action movie, sci-fi or action movies in the Oscars? Because they don't like them. Because critics are snobs. Like, they like drama. They like gripping story dialogue. They like movies crime. that explore social themes. Like, and my big thing with that is, we'll, we'll get on to that more when we get to Arrival later on in this segment. But, uh... It's just you. It's not the critics like things that aren't good. So if the if there's a movie you want to see and the critics say that's awful, go to see it because you still might like it. Like Assassin's Creed, for example. I know that movies based on video games are always always snubbed, not just by critics but by everybody, and it's because there is this expectation or this uh, you know this bar that's been set, and people want to go into these movies hating them. So it's it they're already at an unfair disadvantage, but I thought Assassin's Creed was a good movie. I like you could like they always say it's poorly written, the acting was terrible, but then you go and see it and you've come out thinking, Oh well, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, there wasn't gripping dialogue or the story was kinda iffy, but there was enough to it to where you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the experience. You didn't go there th thinking, oh, I'm gonna come out of this really enlightened. You come out of it like, oh, I'm gonna really enjoy this explosions and killing and nudity and all this other stuff. Yeah, sometimes you just like to go to watch movies to be entertained by them. You don't want to think about social issues. You don't want to think about, uh, you know, what, whatever message, whatever uh, thing they're trying to get across. It's like you, you just, you want to go to be entertained. You go to movies to escape. You don't want to have to, like, wrap your brain around it, whatever the uh, agenda. That yeah, the I feel, I feel that's, what, that's what those filmmakers like to do is they like to wrap up their own opinions and yeah. political issues and social issues in their movies and get people, and that's why the critics love them because it forces people to confront these things and, and stuff. But really when I go to the movies, I just want to enjoy a movie. I just want to be entertained. If I want, <laughs> if I want politics, like I'll, I'll watch CNN. I'll watch CNN or I'll turn on Facebook. I'll go on the internet. I can't even surf for more than five seconds without running into a uh, political opinion. And you know, every every millennial and blogger jackass out there has something to say. And the truth is, like at the end of the day, nobody's really going to agree on everybody else's politics. That's just human nature. Everybody's and different. So everybody's but you like is something you, I'm not gonna like. You can yeah, agree with, with one thing someone says, but you're not gonna agree with something else. So it's really just like, if they were to make a dating website based on political beliefs, there would be a lot of lonely people out there. Probably. Is what I'm Probably. getting at here. Alright, well we digress. Okay. Anyways, Back to the movies. Yes. Um, David Ayer has uh, penned a letter to Suicide Squad fans talking about... You know, he's, he's gotten a lot of crap about Suicide Squad and how people are unhappy with it, but it is... What here? It had a budget of $175 million and it's made... 745 million in return, and it's being called a failure. Can you ex shameful, ex shameful? Explain that to me, though. Because How does that because work? studios always feel that anything that makes below a billion dollars is a failure, and especially something as hyped as Suicide Squad, they think this should have made as much as say Star Wars or the first Batman, uh, Batman Returns or Batman vs Superman that made you know massive amounts of money. Suicide Squad didn't. I mean it. it Obviously, bought back its its budget seven times over, but they wanted like record. They wanted to be they th they think every movie every superhero movie should be in like the top ten grossing films of all time. 
they're too busy comparing themselves to the success of Marvel. And I think that is, that's the big problem for them is that a lot of these Warner Brothers execs, like they, they look at these scripts, they look at the films, the final cuts, and Fox did the same thing with Fantastic Four, and that's why it's such an awful movie. But they look at these scripts. They, these guys don't know anything about comic books. They don't know anything about the stories, the origins. They well, no, they're business. They man. look at what's trending and 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 what's worked for Marvel, and they want to copy that almost exactly. And it's you know, except for like the the darker tones of the movie, obviously. But it's it's a problem because fans don't. You have your comic book fans, and a lot of people who just go into these movies never reading a comic book, they just want to see something cool. Like, they don't... Well, they that's, don't... that's that's true. I mean, well, could you think about it, like, if you think, like, the first... The first Captain America movie, it did really well just because it, it, it was writing the curtails of how good Iron Man was. But if you go back and rewatch the first Avenger, it's not that good. It's very... Unreal. It's it's very comic booky. I think it's, it's, it's like they didn't try to like make it more realistic. It was very like over the top. The, like the the stuff's really over the top. But uh, and then they fixed everything in uh, the Winter Soldier. But if you go back and watch it, it's not. It doesn't really stand. It's like the it's like the worst of the of Marvel's movies. I think its current stable of movies. Uh, but if you go back and watch it, it doesn't it doesn't hold up. But it it, it did well because it rode the 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 curtails of Iron Man. Is why it did so well, and that's that's why people. That's what I was saying earlier before we were start recording. Is that it doesn't like it, a superhero movie is still people are going to see it regardless. Like you can make a completely crappy movie and people will still go see it just because it's a it's a superhero it's movie. A superhero movie and it's content. It's continuity. That I think it's it's massive amounts of money have been spe spent to hype up the movie, so you kind of feel you need to go see it just to see if it's worth it. Kind of. And the Warner Brothers knows this because they already have a sequel plan. They already have what mm -hmm. uh, Gotham City Sirens. Like all these characters in Suicide Squad are set to reappear in movies already. So it, it's not you can't look at something and call it a, a failure just because it didn't live up to. I think the standards that they call it a failure because people felt that Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice was not was was a failure. They thought that that movie should have been way better. But it wasn't. Yeah. And then they thought that the saving grace was going to be Suicide Squad, and it was exponentially better than uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. I liked it personally. Uh, I felt like you could have split that into two movies. There was so much in there. Uh, same with the first Superman movie. They seem like they're trying to cram too much into their films. I loved that movie, though. I don't know why people hated it. So Which much. one? Uh, the Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel, but it, it it kind of felt like they rushed through a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it was gripping. It was constant action the entire movie. Uh, they just kind of like they glazed, like they just kind of glazed over his backstory, just to get to the action as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, same with the the Dawn, Dawn of Justice. It was uh, they glossed over a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of characters, minor characters, like why was Amy Adams in the desert? Doing oh stuff. yeah, see, and, they like, and then Superman is all all over there, and they never explain that they were trying to set up Superman, and it just that's a problem too. That's a, the classic Spider-Man three problem. Yes. Is that they're trying to introduce too many things. But the the thing with Batman vs Superman, those scenes in the desert, and like the scene with Robin, randomly popping up through like a time warp, or they no, make that wasn't Robin. That was that was the Flash. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Flash. It, it's all a uh, they're 
hinting at not just future films, but these are things that you would not understand if you did not read the comic books. Well, that, that was just like the flashback or the dream that, uh, that uh, Ben Affleck has where he's in the future as Batman and yeah. shows the big Omega symbol yeah, in the symbol. ground and the flying bugs and stuff. And then people aren't going to get what that is unless you've read, unless you've read the comics or watched like the cartoons so when you were a kid. Injustice. That's, I think that's where they're ultimately going is with the injustice where Superman goes rogue after the death of Lois Lane. Yeah. The, the part that they did do well in if they wanted to like try to like give people a sneak peek was the file folders where, be, where Ben Affleck is scrolling through and there's Wonder Woman, the Flash, uh, uh, Aquaman, Cyborg, all that. That was a great way to sneak peek different characters without 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 trying to cram a bunch of stuff into a movie. Yeah, uh, but I felt like they tried to do too much. Like if they just had just that and left like all the Omega stuff and Dark Side and stuff out, then it would have been so much better. I mean, I enjoy. I really liked how they incorporated uh, Wonder Woman into the movie. That was fine. But then you've got all this other stuff on top of it. It just feels like you're. The audience is overloaded with, well, who's this? What's this? Well, why? And, and think about it like this, too. If they don't, if they were to not introduce these characters and then put them in the next movie, people are still going to be just as stoked to see them on screen as they they're were. They're not going to go, well, why didn't you put them in the last movie? Yeah, that, they're, that's, they're not, that's not what anybody's thinking. Um, David, the, the note, though, from David Ayer says this. It says, thank you so much. I know it's a controversial film. I really tried to make something different with a look of and a voice of its own. I took inspiration from the insanity of the original comics. Making a movie is a journey, not a straight line. I learned so much. People want what they want, and everyone has a personal vision of how each character should look and walk and talk. If you set out to make a mass appeal movie, it's easy to end up with vanilla. But I went for it, and now I know, and I know Squad has its flaws. Hell, the world knows it. Nothing hurts more than to pick up a newspaper and see a couple years of your blood, sweat, and tears ripped to shreds. The hate game is strong out there. Um, In its defense, though, if you go, if you watch the uh, extended director's cut, it makes the movie equally ten times better. There's more backstory. There's more Joker. There's just it's just better. But the movie suffered from editing, really. What they what the studio felt wasn't important enough. Well, uh, what's um. Oh, crap, I'm having a super brain fart. I know Brian Singer, when he directed the first X-Men movie, he had never read an X-Men comic in his life, and neither had anybody in the studios. They just saw that as a, people liked it, and they're like, yeah. hey, let's make a movie. Let's make millions of dollars. And Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It was not a good movie. No. I no. could not stand it. I think uh, the first Wolverine movie suffered from too much studio intervention, X-Men Origins, yeah. And you know, James Mangold. Obviously, he's not a he's not a terrible director. He's not he's good at what he does. Uh, his movies just kind of get crushed by corporate pressure. I guess you could call it. Um, They're so focused on on you know appealing to certain demographics that they lose the the hardcore fans that really want the like the real a real movie. But then they. The studio steps in and is like, no, we need to tone it down so we can get more people in, different, like, wider audiences, kids, teenagers, stuff, instead of just, you know, catering to the specific fan base of that movie or genre or comic book or whatever. But, and I get that you have to make money, but you, you're ruining the movie for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you, you really are. Um, he goes on to say the movie was wildly successful commercially, and he was right. I mean, you can't call $745 million a failure and the world got introduced to some very cool characters in the DC universe 
and that success is due exactly to the wonder and power of DC of its characters. Would I do a lot of things different? Yep, for sure. Wish I had a time machine, I'd make Joker the main villain and engineer a, mo a more grounded story. See right there, I think that Suicide Squad was already pretty grounded with the exception of like the, uh, you know, the mystic uh, aspect of it. I mean, most people already knew who the players were and even if they didn't, they, they gave you the backstory. Yeah, and you don't have these characters in there that are they don't fly. They don't. They're not. They're, they're, they're they real don't, people. They're they don't not really have powers. They're yeah. Like they're just crazy and they're good with gadgets and guns, obviously. Um, and then he goes on to say, "I have to take the good and bad and learn from it. I love making movies and I love DC. I'm a high school dropout and used to paint houses for a living. I'm lucky to have the job I have. I have to give the characters, the stories, and the plots uh, what they deserve next time. Real talk." And no, there isn't a secret edit of the film with a bunch of Joker scenes hidden in a salt mine somewhere. That's the problem. The movie would have been better, I think, if they hadn't advertised the Joker as such a major part of the movie and then just put him in there in the parts that they had and let people be surprised at the Joker. It, I think it would have been way better, but they, the way they advertised it was that he was going to be like this major character in the movie, and he wasn't after they edited all the stuff. He wasn't in it for, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes total? He... He was, I, as much as I like Jared Leto as a Joker, he played the part really well. Let's give him that. Uh, I think that his presence in the movie was m a lot of fan service. Because you have these these people who had these interesting backstories, but the backstory between with Harley Quinn and the Joker totally overshadowed everything in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, it, it, but honestly, the other characters, Deadshot doesn't have a, back, a major background. Neither does Captain Boomerang. Or Killer Croc. Killer Croc. I would have. I mean, I I've read the comics, but it would have been cool to see on screen his his backstory. Yeah. But you know, I think they should have done the Joker like they did the Batman. They didn't advertise Batman being in the movie, but he was in several scenes. Yeah. Which was cool. They could have shown. I mean, they could have just shown that one scene alone where him and Harley Quinn, uh, or where Harley Quinn where they, where they is, crash into is, the into the lake and then the Batman saves her. That would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, so or even just the scene where they kind of dumped into the vat. Uh, yeah, it's, and it would have, you know, whatever. We can't do anything about it, but we will continue to be giving our money to comic book movies. Uh, James, man, uh, actually, before we go on to the next topic, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, okay, welcome back. We are. Uh, this is the Double J podcast. Um, you know, if if you get a chance, we we you can find us on the Pop Culture Cosmos uh, Facebook page, their YouTube page, Humanican Media. Uh, just there's a lot of outlets for to watch this show, and you can and tune in. There's a lot of other great programming too. You have Chad and Travis's musical show about music, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, which is available on the podcast radio network. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of great creative minds behind the various things we do. So that is more shameless promotion right there. Very um, creative. Yes. All right. Back to uh, stuff that people may or may not care about. We have James Mangold has confirmed what many were already suspecting, which is Logan will be rated R. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? Oh, it's hard because yeah. it's the success of Deadpool. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, and plus you had... Red Band trailers. You don't give a Red Band trailer to a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, but yet again, it's the it's the them trying. They're trying to capitalize off of another movie. 
but in in their defense, a Wolverine deserves to have. No, no, I completely agree. I think if you look at you think X Men, uh, the X Men Origin Wolverine, or the Silver Samurai, or any of the, like the X Men movies, if you could, if you had made those rated R, how much better they would have been. If you look at the last Wolverine movie, and if that were rated R, like that would have been just a spectacular movie. And it's well, it's, still, it's, this is the Wolverine versus a bunch of samurai. You can imagine all the gore and stuff in that movie. It was such a, it's such a classic story arc that they base that movie on. That rated R or not, like people would still go to see it. Comic book fans would flock to see it. And, I, and which personally, they did. which they did, and they did. And personally, I would not mind not having to deal with snobby teenagers sitting in the movie theater like i went to see what i go to see uh star wars rogue one um and i remember there's this trailer for power rangers came on and this little kid was like he's sitting there going oh no why do they have to make a power ranger and he was just talking through the whole freaking movie and i just wanted to just want to smack him one of his pet peeves because yeah i hate when people talk like this guy knows that because we've been in a lot of movies where we have had annoying viewers sitting behind us, and it's just I don't, I don't like it. It's disrespectful and it's annoying, and that's m one of my big things. I don't care if people bring their kids to the movies, but when they let them run up and down the staircases in the middle Can of the movie, set the section aside for the for a random yeah, movie. well, especially since there. they have those lights on the staircases, and you have the little kids, and it's like a, a strobe light because they keep going up and down the aisle, and it's a rated R movie, so who brings? A five who, who brings babies to rated R movies? I've seen that several times. I don't understand that, but it's, it's yeah. Sorry, the, another tangent here. Um, <laughs> who brings their kids to go see Sausage Party? I was at the, I went to see that, and there was little kids in the theater, and they didn't even get up and leave when they found out it wasn't a kids movie. They just sat there. I thought that that was a spinoff of Toy Story. Uh, kind of. More. Adult version. Adult version of Toy Story. I, I didn't go to... What see... happens outside of Andy's room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to see that movie just because it seemed gratuitous to me. Like I went and saw it just because it was gratuitous. I mean, it seemed it looked ridiculous, and how could you not go see a talking hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's one of those movies where I think that, like, raunchy comedies are just too... I've never laughed so hard in my life at a movie. Okay, well maybe I need to give it a shot. I, I I just I have a hard time watching movies that don't really have a point to them. That's the best part of it. it doesn't have a point. You're just there to enjoy it and laugh. I know, but see, like I love movies like The Mummy and Jurassic Park and those movies. Where okay, you you're just, talking about classic films. But you can just sit there and enjoy them. But it's not something that exists just for the sake of saying, "Hey, look at us. We're here, and we're making a movie about." So I take it you won't go. See, you're not going to go see the, the emoji movie then. I will not go see the emoji movie. I didn't see any. Yeah, I probably, Birds. Won't, I probably won't see I, that either. It looks ridiculous. I, I literally I, have a walking poop emoji. See these movies, like these rotcoms. What gives them life is teenagers and kids sneaking into them or having their parents taking them and. It's, it's everybody's inner child, really. It's it's my problem with movies like The Hangover, too. Like, I thought that that was funny, but then I go to, you know, you go, I couldn't go anywhere without running into, like, some About a million, child about or a million comments of people like, quoting the movie. Quoting the movie, and then there's Although also... Although I, I don't remember there being that many people quoting Hot uh, Sausage Party. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know if they were, but... <laughs> I to one more thing with the hangover is that I absolutely hate it when people are back like in, we're back in the zone. Yeah, when people are like 
The hangover, that's totally me and my friends. No, it is not you and your friends. You would get arrested. You'd be dead. That is not you and your friends. Stop trying to make it sound life. cool. It's that's not real. Not real. It's not. That's. All right. Uh, okay, so back on topic. Um, Hugh Jackman has stated that Logan does not take place in any cinematic X Men universe that we've seen, but that quote when you see it the full when you see the full movie you'll understand not only is it different in terms of timeline and tone it's a slightly different universe it's actually a different paradigm that will become clear pretty much he's saying just go see it don't try to read too much into it yeah don't try to connect the dots it he's just saying go see it you'll enjoy it and i i believe him so i will be there and we will talk about this after we see the movie um Next topic, more news in the Alien franchise. <laughs> it seems that there has been non-stop drama with that since Prometheus, which I've stated which, which, before. Which I, I agree with. There's a lot of drama and enjoyed. Nothing, it, it, nothing tied in. There's the too much like people nothing. trying to milk old franchises. They're trying. They're just. I I love Alien. I will go see every Alien movie. I will go see every movie that Ridley Scott makes just because he is. Super talented, but um, but if I remember, I think Prometheus was written at about the same time as the original or Aliens movies. They just never made them. Prometheus was, or, or at least the premise was there. Yeah, and it was uh, Prometheus. I guess had almost the same exact concept as a movie that Guillermo del Toro was going to release at the same time, which he didn't actually make because of Prometheus. We don't make two movies. What was it called? Um, at the Mountains of Madness. I want to say. I don't remember. Um, anyways, uh, Neil Blomkamp took to Twitter this week with some heartbreaking news about Alien 5. If you r recall, his movie was supposed to take place after Aliens and was supposed to... Scrap Aliens 3, scrap which, which everybody wants yeah, to do anyway. Alien 4, which were really not that great a movie. Those were cash cows, totally. And He's being kid gloves. He was, was gonna, terrible. Yeah. He, Blomkamp was going to bring back... Um, uh, Hicks and Newt was that the, the girl's Hicks, name? Hicks, yeah, Hicks, Newt, and Ripley. And Ripley. Bring him back. And he was going to further their story, but apparently Ridley Scott has plans for Ridley, not Ridley, Ripley down the road. And so Blomkamp, when asked what the chances are of his Alien project happening, he responded. Slim. So that was pretty much really Scott doesn't want anybody else to do it because once he's done with Prometheus He's gonna to try to make sequels to the original ones and he wants to do his own thing. He wants to yeah Pretty much he wants to do his own thing with the whole thing and alien 5 has been rumored to be gestating It was supposed to be just gestating, gestating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Around the same time as Ridley Scott's long-awaited sequel to Prometheus which is called Alien Covenant but Fox put bomb camps. Alien. Which is supposed to finally tie something in because they look exactly like the aliens out of Alien. Yeah, we'll see. They kind of rend like with that movie, like the Alien vs Predator movies are just a separate thing now. It's not really. It's a different I story arc. It's I don't a different know. Because that was a comic book story arc. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever meant to be part of canon, but. Um, but dude, how badass would that be if you did a movie with has both colonial, uh, both colonial marines, aliens, and a predator? I love it would that, be so good. That video game on the original Xbox. I must have played that. <laughs> Which one? Alien vs Predator. Oh. When you were had you could build you built your own armies. Like you had the Colonial Marines. You could play as the aliens or you could play as the Predators. I must yeah. have played that game. Oh yeah, me too. At least twenty times. Like, well, I even just, even the most recent, uh, I think it was for the 360. I think it was the Aliens Colonial Marines, which was a direct sequel to Aliens with new character, with new and old characters, would have been a great movie to make. 
Yeah. It would have been so good. If you ever get a chance, you can go on YouTube and watch like all the cutscenes or whatever to get the basis. But it, it would have been, it could have been a greater game than it was, but it would have been an even greater movie. If you could have had uh, James Cameron direct that direct Ooh. that one too, it would have been so good. Because he did such a good job with the, like I said last week, I watched the original the original Aliens, and it was it's so good. Can you imagine if they did another one like that? It would it would just with today's technology and stuff, it would have been amazing. And we're not trying to feed James Cameron's ego. I love I the am. guy, but I hate the guy. I love <laughs> that he does such a great job with such classic movies, but I hate his obsession with Avatar. Like you either. You need to which, release... which which is not which wasn't a good well in my opinion wasn't a good movie. You need to release the next movie or don't release it. No, we're just going to hype it for stop forever. Talking about it, we don't need theme park attractions and. Well, he's going to give us four more movies, guys. I don't over the want next fifty years. Four more movies. It's not Alien. We'll go see, it's not we'll, Terminator. We'll be supposed to be doing this podcast when we're eighty years old when the fourth one comes out. Yeah, you'll see us. We'll have oxygen tanks on, and we'll be finally saying propped up here. Yeah, they'll have computer animated uh, Sam Worthington and <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Actually, Sigourney Weiner. Weiner. Sigourney Weiner. <laughs> Shows where his mind's at. Oh man, I don't even know how that happened. Um, okay, uh, and Scott, so back to the news. Hey, let's... We're doing a news let's show? Let's get back to stuff. That was just our opinions on a bunch of crap. And today in Los Angeles, there was a man begging for money. It never happens. It never happens. And, uh, somebody said something all right, about well, Donald Trump. <laughs> in all, Aliens is not, Alien 5 is not canceled, but it's just in limbo. Waiting to see what Ridley Scott decides he wants to do. And we know what happens to movies that are in limbo. I don't know. Deadpool was in limbo for a long time. This is true. This is true. I guess I'm, So I'm, was Assassin's Creed. I've been hearing about that movie for like the last three, four years. I just keep thinking about Guillermo del Toro's movies and how they rarely come to fruition. Um, hey, let's talk about weekend box office numbers. All right. Sure. Um... Split has made $26,268,685, bringing it in at 70, just about $78 million. A Dog's Purpose, which uh, I don't know if people were boycotting that movie, obviously not if it made $18 million. I don't know. There's which is not of, that much money. Not that much money, but there's a lot of controversy surrounding that and their treatment of animals. Um, Hidden Figures brought in 14 million, bringing its total up to 104 million dollars. Not bad. Not bad. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. I wanted to see it. It looked good. Yeah. I, I See, with those movies, I have to have a certain amount of time set aside to watch it. It's not something that I'm going to rush home to go watch or I'm going to rush out to the theater. Well, of course so. not. I don't think any of these movies on here are, except um, maybe Triple X. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter made $13 million. That's... Terrible. It's terrible. It's opening weekend. Yeah, but I mean, let's not, let's take into consideration that these numbers are, didn't count last night's. These oh, are just right. from Saturday. Okay. Um, La La Land brought in $12 million, bringing its total up to $106 million. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, I will let you... It made a whopping $8 million. Bringing its grand total to $33 million. That's what I call a hit. Well, it's it's almost made its budget back, so let's 
a couple more weeks in theaters, and then as soon as it hits DVD, it's Vin that, Diesel. Vin Diesel can recover. Yeah, and assuming that people don't pirate the crap out of it. Uh, Sing, six million dollars, bringing it up to a total of two hundred and fifty-seven million dollars. All right. Um, and now for the global killer of all movies recently, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, this weekend, it made five million dollars, bringing its total to over a billion. What? A Star Wars movie made over a billion dollars? Do people people like those movies? Apparently, they do. Um, okay, Monster Trucks, $4 million, bringing its total up to $28 million. Which I'm pretty sure doesn't cover any of the budget. <laughs> I think, uh, they're really like, trying hard to make a new generation of kids movies, but kids are more into adult movies as we talked pretty about Pretty much, the we, there really aren't any more kids, kids. Yeah. Hey, 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 and gold with Matthew McConaughey made hey. $3 million. <laughs> Somebody, somebody shit we, the bed. We need some confetti cannons in something. here. Something, something. Um, maybe we'll just in post. We'll add three some million dollars. Thank you, Stellar Music. <laughs> All right, now let's get on to my least favorite topic, which is 2017 Oscar nominations. A bunch you, of movies you've never seen. A bunch of yes, but you might have heard of. Yeah, I'll go. Fine, I'll go. Okay, okay. Uh, category of Best Picture, which is the only one that really matters, is uh, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. All of which I've never seen. Okay, hey, let's, let's talk about what we know about these movies. So, Arrival is a totally overrated movie. I'll let you talk, because I, like I said, haven't seen any of them. You can read my review for it, which is up on popculturecosmos.com. Um, it really is just, it's, when you go into it, you can pretty much guess the plot from start to finish, but critics are raving over it because it has so many political tones in it. In the, in the previews, they make it look like it's gonna be something that it doesn't end up being. Like, people go in expecting like a... Uh, like an Independence, Independence Day kind of... They're expecting kinda war moving. with aliens, but it's really just like your typical... And, you know, Russia and China are bad guys. It's like a die-hard meets signs. Pretty I, I much. If, if that makes sense. It's, it reminds me of the day the Earth stood still. Yes, yes. It was very slow. Yeah. And it was very monotoned. And they, the the writer and director, they they want so badly to deliver these political, this political point they were trying to make that they might as well have just titled the movies "I Hate Humanity." Well, I hate conservatives. I guess I don't know what. Like it was, it was a total like. Anti they were going. They were. I think what they were going for was that they were going for the. If we ever do meet uh, intelligent life out there, that we'll just fuck it up. Yeah, and <laughs> pretty much. And because we're so afraid and biased that we'll just screw it up, whether they're trying to be friends or not. They're like, we hate each other, but it's not our fault that we hate each other. It's one of the sides of the political aisle's fault, and it's it's just a blender of political ideas and people who. Uh, you know, are obviously very political-minded, or millennials mostly love the movie. I really hate millennials. I was just not a fan of it. 
I can see why people liked it, but I just, it was, I don't know, it, it was overrated to me. Alright, let's get back to the movies then. Sorry. Uh, fences! Let's talk about Fences. That's another one of those movies they where They go around your yard. Yeah, it, it, the movie really just like takes place in almost one place. It's not, it's not something that's like... It, it, it's something that you, if you watched, you you wouldn't probably wouldn't want to watch it in theaters. It's kind of like a, I would have much rather watched it on DVD. And uh, it's, I don't know, we'll be talking about that later. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson. I don't know too much about this. I know it's a it's about a, a a guy who wants to be a medic and he's a doctor. He's but he refuses to kill people. Oh, Pretty much. that's right. He Andrew. refuses to, to use a gun and to kill people, and he just wants to go out there and save people. Andrew Garfield. Yes. Okay. Um, Hell or High Water, Jeff Bridges, I know, is in that movie, right? If I'm correct. I believe it's Jeff Bridges, uh, Chris Pine, and... Oh, God, I can't remember the guy's name who played Archangel in X-Men. Ben Foster? Ben Foster. Okay. Yes. It's about two brothers who are going to lose the farm, or if they don't... Pay off, and so they rob a bank or banks, and Jeff Bridges is a cop trying to get him. Okay. Uh, Hidden Figures. I've talked about that already. La La Land. I actually kind of want to see La La Land. I've you just kind of want to see it because it's got Ryan I've... Gosling in it. Yeah. Ooh, Ryan Gosling. And 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 honestly though, like it's hard to hate Ryan Gosling. It's or Emma Stone for that or matter. Or Emma Stone. Like they're both. Great. I'm just not a real fan of musicals. I know it's got a lot of singing in it. Yeah. Emma Stone is. She's a talented actor, and she's she's very beautiful. Like I, she's easy on the eyes, so maybe that makes me like biased or unbiased, Probably. or you know, maybe I'm not the best. Uh, person Probably, but it is their first. Musical. I believe it is their first musical outing for each one. Yes, yes, it's true. Um, okay, uh, Lion. Don't know much about that. Manchester by the Sea. Did you see that movie? No, I heard a lot of good stuff about it. I heard Casey Affleck. It was terrific he in it. He was awesome. I loved that movie, and he was. Um, yeah, people are, are. People were saying that, that it doesn't really. It, the movie doesn't need to exist. I've talked to many people who've seen it, and they're like. One, they either really liked it or they really hated it, and they're. Oh. Well, I haven't seen it, but I heard. I think the premise is that he is is a foster parent to some. Well, his what happens is his brother dies, and he gets made guardian of his oh. brother's kid. And through this whole movie, you're like saying, because oh, this guy, I, I can't like say much without ruining the movie, but he he is basically one of those characters. I've never seen this done in a movie before, where the character is. He's a wreck, but by the time the movie ends, he's okay with being a wreck. Like, he's come to terms with it. So It's not about getting better, it's just about coming to not, terms with it. It's just coming to terms, and that's like, you don't see a lot of that in movies. Um, Moonlight, yeah, we don't know, haven't seen it. Um, actor in leading role, we have Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, Denzel Washington in Fences. Actress in leading role, we have Isabel Huppert in Ellie, uh, Ruth Nega in Loving, Natalie Portman in Jackie, and uh, see there's another in Jackie, when the last movie I saw there was this guy who went, who was just during the movie just blurting out his political opinions and that's to me that's almost even worse than having a little kid run up and down the stairs. Was he blurting out that it was the it was the government who killed him? 
he's like, uh, I don't know, like where his. He's probably one of those people that reads like fringe blog sites, but <laughs> I, it's just we go to the movies again. We go to the movies to escape what's outside. <laughs> okay, we don't. I could just stay at home and stay on Facebook all day if I wanted to read political opinions or listen to what people say about them. Um, Emma Stone for La La Land, Meryl Streep and Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, actor in a supporting role, we have Ma Mahershala Ali in Moonlight, Jeff Bridges in Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel in Lion, Michael Shannon in Nocturnal Animals. Uh, actress in a supporting role, we have Viola Davis in Fences, Naomi Harris in Moonlight, Nicole Kidman in Lion, Octavia Spencer in Hidden Figures, Michelle Williams in Manchester by the Sea. Um, animated feature film, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, sounds delicious, uh, The Red Turtle, Zootopia. Only movie I've seen that we've read about Zootopia. Zootopia. Hey, one's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> cinematography. Would you like to do the? Sure, I'll do cinematography. Okay. Uh, Bradford Young for Arrival. Uh, Linus uh, Sandgren for La La Land. Greg Frazier for Lion. James Laxton for Moonlight. Uh, Rodrigo Pareto for Silence. And then the next is we got costumes design. Joanna Johnson for Allied. Uh, Colleen Atwood for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Another one I thought got snubbed in a bunch of categories. Uh, Consolata Boyle for Florence Foster Jenkins. Uh, Madeline Fontaine for Jackie. And Mary uh, Zorfus for La La Land. And then lastly we got for directing, we've got uh, Dennis uh, Villeneuve for Arrival. Mel Gibson, always a fan favorite, for Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and then Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. And the rest of the categories, you can find the rest on OscarGo.com. All right. Because there are a lot more, we'd probably be, have a whole nother episode to go over that. Yes. So no one's got time for that. Uh, movies opening this week, we have Bunyan and Babe. Confidential Assignment, Don't Knock Twice, Eloise, uh, Growing Up Smith, I Am Not Your N-Word. I don't know if we can say that word. But uh, when you're, what, what is the etiquette when you're reading a movie title on saying things like that? I don't know. It's not clear. In Spanish, Negro just means black. See, I, now in post, I'm going to have to go and bleep that out. Oh, uh, well. So, I just, you know... I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be trending on Facebook for saying inappropriate things. Um, Journey to it's the West. Plastered all over movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, like, when white people go to order their tickets for that movie, they're gonna be like, "Can I get one for?" I am not your cracker. You know the rest. Um, Journey to the West. <laughs> Demons. <laughs> Mulholland Drive slash Sunset Boulevard. Uh, a movie with two titles, no idea what that could be about. Rings! Hey, I've heard of this one, I've seen the trailers for it. Pretty sure it's the same movie that we've already yeah, seen. Yeah, it's a prequel to a movie that... We've already seen. They already explained what happened to create the story. They pretty much explain the plot in the movie. You watch the video, you die. Mm -hmm. Let's go see it again. Hey! 
And then we got the comedian. I think that is with Robert De Niro. I, I think so, say. yes. Um, we have The Grace of Jake, The Lure, The Space Between Us with Asa Butterfield. Is that how you say his name? Asa Butterfield from Ender's Game. Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, and the girl from Tomorrowland. I cannot for the life of me remember what her name is. No! She was in... She got her crap. She was in a Nicholas Sparks movie I saw with my mm. girlfriend. I think it was was it? I was the the longest ride with Scott Eastwood. Okay. That's a great movie. All right, all right. Um, the Trouble with Turkle, Wheeler, and Youth in Oregon. So pretty much out of all those rings, maybe the comedian, maybe and the space between us. Yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of very obscure movies this week. Movies this no week. big blockbusters. So so you know, need if, to take the week off. If you're bored, then you can go ahead. <coughs> I want to talk about. We just don't off on a tangent. Is I believe it's the uh, movie. I think it's called. Uh, I just saw it advertised. It's called Get Out. Okay. That's about this suburban neighborhood of rich white people that are brainwashing oh, brain brainwashing right. black people that come into their town and keeping them as slaves pretty much i feel like the movie is rehashing something we've gone over and over and over again and we're just trying to stir up trouble what are we getting at is it a serious movie i don't think so because the director is uh is one of the things the guy from key and peel and who I don't think is ever serious at all, but you never know. It looks like a serious movie, but I just, I was like, is this really a movie when I saw it? Is this really happening? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to take those guys seriously. It's hard to take it seriously, but it's just like, really? We're going to make okay. a movie about white people brainwashing black people? Yeah. Stay tuned for our uh, political podcast coming up next. Apparently, yes. <laughs> um, all right, trailers. What do we got today in trailers? Uh, first, we're going to watch... Brimstone, then King Arthur, and then The Lost City of Z. So we'll wait until after we watch each one to comment. Per your feedback. All right, all right, all right. And here we go. Brimstone, first one. With Dakota Fanning. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. For inwardly, they are ravening wolves. Jesus is the shepherd who protects you from those wolves. And I am his dog. The sheepdog that get the lambs back on track when they stray off the path. And some of you have strayed, haven't you? Mama, are you beautiful? The Reverend says he's here to take you back where he came from. There, and I know you can hear me. You may have no tongue, but there is nothing wrong with your ears. Do you know why I'm here? I'm here to punish you. Why do you let him do this? It's a sin. You not. It is lust. He ain't never gonna stop, is he? I've seen your mother. She's the kind of person that turns the other cheek. 
Are you like her? Never leave your loved ones alone. You should know that by now. So was that was that the the red woman from Game of Thrones and Dakota Fanning and Kit Harrington? I believe it was. You're gonna play the next trailer. I do not want to play the next trailer. Yeah, so it is a western about a fanatical reverend. What is he like? The he religious punisher? Yes, sort of looks like he's here. He's gonna go Old Testament on you. That. But it does have Kit Harrington and several actors from Game of Thrones. It's got uh, Dakota Fanning in it, so I mean, it looks very suspenseful. Probably see it. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I don't either, but I'll probably see it anyway because it just looks interesting. It looks interesting, but it I'm has, always down for a western. It looks like it has the same tone as uh, There Will Be Blood. Like it looks interesting, <laughs> but I'm gonna go into it. It looks more violent out. than There Will Be Blood, though. But I'm like not. he, like the Reverend is like killing people. Like I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna be like. What did I just watch? Oh, there it is. Hey, there's that trailer you were talking about. But, uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, next, we're going to do King Arthur. King Arthur. It's directed by Guy Ritchie. It's got Charlie Hunnam in it. Uh, Jude Law. Speaking of Guy Ritchie, did you see that there have there's a television show of Snatch coming on? Uh, <laughs> what is it? Crackle, I want to say? I don't know. I'm still, ring I'm still waiting for the next Rock and Rolla. Yeah, right. He says it's still a possibility. He says he doesn't know when he's going to find time between uh, Sherlock uh, and uh, the projects he's doing. I don't think he's going to make another Iron Man movie. Let's see. Guy Ritchie or Guy Pierce? Oh, I'm sorry. No. The guy, Shane no. Black? No. The Shane Black directed Iron Man 3, right? Yeah. Guy. I thought it was Guy Ritchie for some reason. Um, what did Guy Ritchie just do? He just did a movie. Did he? King Arthur. No, before this. I don't know, we're gonna watch the trailer. Okay, here's a trailer for King Arthur. I am here now because of you. You created me. And for that, I bless you. story tell me every detail I woke up from where from a nightmare what was it about then then me and the lads took care of a bit of business hold up hold up back up you've left something out are you writing a book they all lived happily ever after. No, they didn't ever. Because for the first time, there's something you don't know. 
Something nobody told you. Prophecy. This is your prophecy. Young man came from hunting, faint and weary. I know what kind of a man you are. What is that, my lord, my dearie? I know your story. Behold, the man who pulled sword from stone. I'm not getting drawn into this mess. There's an army of you. There's only one of me. I'll talk. I'm happy to talk. But there is no way that I am fighting. Yeah, no, what I love about it is that it looks like a mixture of Snatch and Lord of the Rings, and those are two of my favorite movies. You so, can totally I mean, tell it's a Guy Ritchie film. It is. It has this typical fast dialogue, those fast scenes. I love that scene when they're running oh, yes, through the yes, marketplace. Yes. It's I, I, It's just the scene where he's talking, he goes, no, 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 wait, wait, you missed something. Back up, back up, and then you go, and it's very Guy Ritchie. Very Guy Ritchie. It, did, did they say they're going to split it into three movies? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's, it's supposed to be a trilogy. That's what, they, that's what they do nowadays. They make trilogies. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind to see a trilogy of that. That'd be entertaining. That is my most anticipated movie of this year, and I like that they moved the release date from. Really, you're more anticipated than that than you are about like the next Star Wars movie or anything. Oh, for sure. Oh, all right. Because well. this is something new I've never seen before. Star Wars is. You've never be... seen a Guy Ritchie movie before. No, I know, but I mean, like something like this. This is a totally fresh spin on King Arthur. King Arthur and fat and you know fast talking British people. So I don't know Charlie Hunnam, Jude Law. Uh, it looks like Aiden Gillian's in there for like a second. Uh, and uh, what's what's his uh, name? What's his Jomo? Jimon Jimon Hansen or something. Hansu, I think is yeah. his. I will put it up here. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, oh, great actor uh, in everything. Let's see. <clears throat> All right, now our we're just, we're just waiting for like Jason Statham to pop up and Brad Pitt and. All the, yeah, you all the normal know. characters. Okay, so our next trailer is for The Lost City of Z, also starring Charlie Hunman. Why do you keep saying his name like that? Hunnam. 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 Hunman. Hunnam. Hun Hunham. <laughs> Charlie Hunham. Okay. Very popular actor at the moment. Yes, he was in. But sadly not going to be in Pacific Rim 2, which I'm very disappointed. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, did they ever say why he was not in? He was scheduling conflicts. He couldn't. He was already. He already. He was obligated to do other movies. Apparently. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Which sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. 
Or maybe he'll come back for the third one. You never know. Possibly. Assuming this, the monster know. movies are making a comeback, so you never know. There might be multiple. Well, Pacific Rim was Pacific something Rims. that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. Well, kind of. It's like every kid's childhood. It's like fantasy. It, it was kind of like Power Rangers on steroids. Yes. Giant robots against giant monsters. Mm-hmm. With lots of violence. What more could you ask for in a movie? Honestly. Nothing. All right, here's our last trailer, The Lost City of Z, starring Charlie... Hunnam? Human. Oh, Jesus. Um, and what's the lady from... To dream, to seek the unknown, to look for what is beautiful is its own reward. A man's reach should exceed his grasp. Or what's a heaven for? You are the explorer? Give me a hand. I wish to find a lost city. What you seek is far greater than you ever imagined. It is your destiny. I'll not know you when you return. I know this is a sacrifice for all of us. The environment's brutally difficult. The journey may well mean your life, but you could reclaim your family name. Ain't nobody comes back from up there. But we've never let fear determine our future. What did you hope to achieve out here? If we may find a hidden civilization, where one was considered impossible to exist. We may well write a whole new chapter in history. I call it set. It is there. And we must find it. So it's about it's about a Victorian Victorian era explorer pretty much trying to find a lost city in what appears to be South America. And Charlie Hubris is having a good year. Charlie Hubris <laughs> is having a good year. Um, okay, well And it was in fact Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. Sorry, I, my my names are I, I don't remember people's names very well. I remember them. From, I'm one of those people who are like, okay, she was in that movie. I can name you like 10 movies that these actors have been in, but I can't for life me tell you their name. Unless it's somebody that I truly... Fanboy about. Fanboy about. Um, but it looks good. It looks like lots of action, like, well, suspense, stuff like that. Thrilling. Thrilling. It looks like a... Like a Victorian. It's, it's like an Everest kind of movie. Very like man against the elements. It's a very Victorian looking Indiana Jones type thing. Indiana Jones with a bullwhip. With a bullwhip. Speaking of bullwhips, uh, Guy Guy Pierce in Brimstone. You see him doing that thing like the guy from Da Vinci Code. Yes, yeah, atone, he's atoning for stuff. He's punishing himself. Atoning, huh? Atoning. It's like, oh, it hurts so good. I'm going to kill these people. I'm going to whip myself and then it'll be all right. Oh, yeah. Ugh. He enjoys it way too much. Way too much. 
Okay, anyways, next time on Violence Fetishes, we will... Uh, starring Josh Peterson. Starring, yes, make sure you watch the director's cut. Uh, okay, well, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next time with some more... We'll get the names right next time. More movies, all right. some not racial movie titles, and... Hopefully with more blockbusters. More blockbusters, less talk about less politics. Less politics. Um, and everything that we did wrong in this episode, we may or may not repeat in the next one. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. All right. Okay. We should do it where there's no sound but music and we're doing like Anchorman shit with the papers. <laughs> <laughs> but then the music cuts out halfway through and they can hear what we're saying. Is this on? <laughs> Thank you.